0: Mind. what's on your
1: mind information she's full of it Things to do places to visit and the stories behind the people in our community
0: that's a lot of information
1: throw in a little news and pop culture that's too much information you have tmi with Teresa. what have i told you about over here tmi with Teresa.
2: we're all guilty of tmi tmi Thank you for joining me for another edition of TMI with Teresa, and we are definitely all wanting to get into the holiday spirit. I know a lot of people, as soon as Halloween was over, you put up your Christmas decorations, <laughs> and this always makes me think of the holidays, and that is the Salvation Army. And this morning, we're going to talk about the Red Kettle Holiday Campaign, I'm sure something that you are very familiar with. And to give us more details, we have Major Harvey. Good morning.
1: Good morning, Teresa. How are you doing? Doing fantastic. You
2: sound like you feel fantastic. Sound very positive Upbeat, you know. This has been kind of a weird, negative week. Lots of stuff going on. It's always nice to talk about the holidays and things that are a little more
1: cheery. Yes, this has been a year like no other year uh, we faced. And as you think of families and what they're facing today, we have to bring that hope and cheer to them so that they get what they need uh, in order to make it through uh, these challenging times.
2: And I know that that's uh, you know exactly why we're going to talk about your Red Kettle holiday campaign. But let's go back real fast for people. Everyone has heard of the Salvation Army, but That doesn't mean that everybody knows where it came from and how it came about. Can you just give us a little history?
1: Uh, The Salvation Army started in 1865 in London, England. By William and Catherine Booth. Um, at that time, if I can give you a picture, think of uh, Charles Dickens' Christmas Carol. Uh, that was written in that time of uh, poverty. Children labor, um, addictions were happening on the east side of London. Um, and the, the Booths were ministers, uh, Methodist ministers on the west side of London, who started to be drawn to those who were poor on the east side, um, seeing the fact that they didn't feel God loved them, that they were cursed uh, because of their poverty. But William Booth and Catherine knew that God God loved them as much as anybody else. And if we took care of their physical needs, that they would open their hearts to some of the spiritual needs they had. And so starting uh, soup kitchens, food pantries, um, all of those things that uh, came out of uh, England, again, were what organized the Salvation Army. And in 1885, it landed here in Kansas City area uh, and spread throughout this area. So for um, over 130 plus years, uh, we've been serving here in Kansas City.
2: How long have you been a part of it?
1: Um, I grew up in the Salvation Army. Uh, My mom and dad were officers, so that would be from birth. So about, uh, let's call it 58 years, I think I am.
2: (laughs) Okay, okay.
1: I got to ask my wife just to verify how old I am. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) All
2: right. So then, um, you know, we've all seen the, the red kettles and we've heard the bell and we've seen people outside of stores and things like that. But the Salvation Army, it seems like I always hear the name come up. Anytime there's something, unfortunately, I hate to say it, but like if there's a tragedy or there's people, that are in need, if there's been some kind of an event, you guys try and do what you can.
1: Uh, Yeah, a lot of people know us for our kettles, our thrift stores, Uh, but again, we are there for emergencies. Disaster service is a big thing, like I think you were mentioning. Just now, when there's tornadoes, there's international incidents, um, those things where people, through no fault of their own, have fallen into emergency situations. The Salvation Army is there and already in that community, so that's why we're able to help so fast. And we stay there till the last roof is repaired, till the last family is housed, um, to make sure that everyone. Everybody has uh, what they need. I mean, that transfers into our social services as well because uh, really, what is someone who's homeless, uh, someone who can't find their groceries uh, this week because they can't pay for them, or someone whose utility or lights are about to shut off? That is a disaster for that family. That is an emergency. And so that's why we call them our workers, emergency service workers, who can hear and interview at any Salvation Army location, uh, hear those stories, and then provide the help because uh, usually by the time they get to us, government. Monies have run out for them. Um, Other agencies, through uh, wherever they have to qualify, have given what they can or they can't help them. And so we tend to be that agency that says, yes, we'll help them and and get them through this this situation at this time.
2: So how about this Red Kettle Holiday campaign that so many people are familiar with? Does that go all the way back to the beginning or when did it start? It
1: started in 18... 80 in San Francisco. The Salvation Army officer wanted to do a one day uh, food to a thousand people to, to create a hot meal for them. And so he put out a big stew bucket and asked the community uh, help us raise money so that this money can be turned into actual stew uh, to be able to serve people in that community. Uh, remember in those years uh, San Francisco was going through a lot of earthquakes and other situations uh, that were happening and so he was able to raise that money and feed those thousand people in that one day but that kettle idea of raising money then uh, helped share that best practice with other officers and eventually that red bucket that you see hanging in front of stores uh, is raising money to support all the feeding programs that we do all year Um, all these urgent situations that are happening in families' lives, paying utility bills, the mortgages, the rents, uh, putting food on people's uh, tables and providing uh, after-school assistance uh, so that people don't uh, have to get into poverty, they can get the education they need, uh, as well as emergency shelters that we have and addiction programs uh, throughout the country. Uh, We focus on at-risk kids, uh, families that are in crisis, vulnerable adults, as well as disasters. Those are our four targeted areas, uh, again, people we serve and the red kettles helps bring that money in so that we can serve them throughout the year 365 days
2: wow so i knew it was probably probably your biggest fundraising effort but i didn't realize i think everyone just kind of thinks it's for the holidays but it really does it's going to help you get all the way through 2021
1: Right. Uh, What we raise at Christmas uh, will support uh, 70% of our budget throughout the year. And again, that's why you don't see us every day. Say, help, give, give, give so we can serve. Christmas is really our time uh, to go before the public and say, help us out for what we're going to do at Christmas time, but really how we're going to support people all year long.
2: Well, you're going to kick things off this year on Black Friday. And I know like our Steel City Media radio stations. We're going to have uh, DJ ambassadors that are going to be out helping to ring the bell and help you collect funds in the red kettles. But how can other people get involved?
1: Uh, Yes, we could use volunteers uh, who can sign up at our uh, website, uh, salarmymocan.org. With that, they'll see a volunteer area and they can ring bells uh, that way. Uh, We need bell ringers as well. We do pay some of the people who are out there because, again, that helps those who might be in tough times right now, especially with COVID laying off so many people. They can help ring the bells and, and get a, a small income for the Christmas season. But again, mostly we rely on volunteers, uh, people being able to give us two or so hours to be able to help at those sites. Um, and, and ways that people can donate is, is a is a great opportunity as well because the challenge is right now with COVID and what we're facing economically, our needs. Uh, that we're going to have to meet are probably going to grow 155% is what we're anticipating. So instead of 5,000 families we're normally helping, it's going to be 8,000 uh, that we have to serve this year just because of where people find, and find themselves, especially at Christmas once um, all the um, support monies from the government um, are are run out. Uh, so again, they're going to be coming to us uh, to help. And then at the same time, you've got less people shopping at stores. Uh, they're going online to do that. So that's the challenge especially for our kettle program is how do we get uh, that extra income so we made available on the at the kettles little QR codes for Google Pay or Apple Pay that people can go take pictures of and make an immediate donation because we're finding that uh, 62% of the people don't carry cash anymore. They just have their credit cards. Well, especially Uh, because
2: of COVID too, a lot of people just don't want to deal with the germs.
1: Right. We're now making it online donations can be there if you go to rescuechristmaskc.org. Again, that's rescuechristmaskc.org. People can make donations there. And what really helps us is sustaining donors. Um, Those will say, you you know, I'll give you $25 a month, Uh, you know, I can't give a large gift right now, but I can carve out something every month to go to the Salvation Army so that again, we have beds, for children in our children's shelter. We have beds for families and our emergency services, and that box of food can go on a shelf and help a family uh, when they need it. Um, a special program we're having right now, too, with Walmart is round, Walmart from today until the 31st of December will be offering a roundup um, option for those who order things online or even at the store. They just uh, round up their receipt. That money will go to the Salvation Army in their local community, wherever that Walmart is, to be able to help uh, th- these needs that we're, we'll be having at Christmas time.
2: I love those kind of programs because it's so easy. It may only be seven cents, but you would be amazed at how quickly all of that adds up when it's people all over the city.
1: Yeah, same concept as our, our kettles that are out there. You know, people put in a penny, they'll put in a dollar, they'll throw in a 10. And when you add them all up, It supports, again, 75% of what what we need throughout the year uh, to serve people. Uh, We also have a virtual angel tree program at Walmart. Uh, So if you walk into your Walmart store, store, you'll see a Christmas tree with some angels hanging on it. Uh, And people can go shop for those. Those are children who will need assistance at Christmas time. And so we help give them presents. uh, And we provide a box of food for them that gives them a Christmas dinner, as well as uh, cover them for two weeks of meals. And so that's something someone else can do they're shopping for themselves. I think it's great um, when I see families doing that with their children even, uh, because again, what is Johnny and Mary interested in? That's what I'm going to get for Christmas, right? But parents can use this as a teaching tools to say, well, hey, there's a little boy and girl your age who needs something at Christmas. Let's go shop together. And they do that and they allow the children to pick out the toys. What would they want? And then it's going to go to another boy or girl just like them who aren't as fortunate of them at this time of year. But if families can do that, that too online if they go to walmart.com slash registry for good that's what it's really called registry for good they can shop online and that gift will come immediately to the Salvation Army and we'll hand it out to those children uh, based on those needs.
2: Wow I love that I love that you have so many virtual options because you know it just is kind of a weird time right now and so many people don't want to be out um, if they can avoid it and so it's great that people can still help you but do it from the safety of their home.
1: Do it from the safety of the home and do it as a Family or individual. Uh, again, we're trying to make those ways to give online, so that again, that support doesn't drop, even though people aren't aren't getting out as much. And two, sometimes you feel lonely. Uh, we found that with a lot of our seniors and families, because they've been isolated so long, you lose that sense of community. And so, to be able to get online and read some of the stories at our Salvation Army website at rescuechristmaskc.org, and then to give, will continue to help you, whatever family or individual it might be. again, a part of this great metro area, because uh, in Kansas City, we help each other. And all throughout the state of Kansas and the western part of Missouri, that's our division. Um, Again, we've got to help each other uh, through these challenging times. And again, the way to do that is either in person or again, now it's virtually, you can do that.
2: So RescueChristmasKC.org or SalArmyMocan.org. Is there anything else that you want to say just in closing that we need to know about um, how we can get involved?
1: Uh, sure. Again, if you'll go to that rescuechristmaskc.org, there's a lot of options there that you can share and do as a family, um, even from doing a virtual kettle yourself. That means an online kettle where your family, your friends, your business can give money into it. And again, that comes straight to the Salvation Army, but you get credit for it as if you stood out there and rang bells for the whole season. So that's that's another virtual way to do it. But again, we thank you for this time, uh, the gifts that people give. Remember, it, it's not just a bucket, it's a face of a child, of a boy or girl who needs help and hope at this time, a family member, a mother, father, or parents who again, Need to choose between food and lights, uh, between uh, paying a rent uh, or again feeding my family, and we don't want that choice uh, to have to be made. And so these kind of gifts allow us to keep people in their homes, allow them to keep them fed until they're able to find that job or table, until they're able to get that uh, the, the, the next apartment that they need at this time. So again, why it might be a coin, why it might be a, an electronic donation you're making, it is a family, it is a senior, it is a veteran you're helping. And so, again, we thank uh, the Kansas City and the Hall of Kansas and Missouri areas who will be hearing this. And for you, Teresa, for making it possible for us to share this kind of information, because those are the lives you're going to help, uh, especially during this pandemic and uh, this Christmas season, when they'll feel more hopeless. Again, you're going to bring that hope and cheer to them. And we thank you for that, well, it's for doing pleasure. it through the Salvation Army.
2: My pleasure to help you spread the word. RescueChristmasKC.org or you can go to SalArmyMocan.org. Major Harvey, thank you so much for your time. And Merry Christmas.
1: Merry Christmas and God bless you all.
2: I'm happy to connect next with my friend Jennifer Smith, who I've talked to for many different reasons over the years, but today we are going to talk about pies and cobblers, specifically Betty's pies and cobblers, which is something you have created. First of all, how are you doing? Good, how are you? I am wonderful. I would just like to, um, let's give a little plug to a really cool business, Corinne's Creations. Um, It's a pretty (laughs) awesome thing. I got this really great picture in the mail. Can you explain what your daughter does? Corinne is an entrepreneur. She she has autism
0: and over when whenever she was growing up one of the main things we figured out was that her way to communicate was through drawing so she was able to create a lot of verbal communication through drawing and was able to tell stories and like a she saw something she was able to draw it to explain you know what she thought it was so over the years we've just really honed in on that skill and she has of course then morphed into being an entrepreneur and having her own business now and that is something that i believe every parent with a loved one with a disability strives for is creating that independence that opportunity for a job that opportunity, just self enjoyment as well. So we I think we all want when we work, we all want to enjoy what we do. This girl, she takes it to another level and she just gets so excited. She loves to make people happy. And through her art, she can make people happy and tell a story and create ideas. So she's twenty seven and Teresa, I think you've also been seeing you know, our kind of our story about creating her own she shed and this place
2: is (laughs) and it looks like she as much as she could do on her own she did she did I mean we did insulation we did
0: painting priming painting nailing screaming at each other and and that's what you do when you're in an eight by ten space and you're trying to glue stuff on the wall and glue ceilings and paint and we just had a blast and we learned a lot DIY things, what to do and what not to do. But also she had ownership in this. She picked the whole thing out and did it. And that is the piece that we really wanted to share with others is you could have a dream and a dream is a goal without a a deadline. And this created that deadline. This created that goal to create this independence for her. And and the day that, you know, she wanted a ribbon cutting, she wanted to go all out. So we had that and people have now come by and purchased some of her art and her cards and her calendar and and things like that. So that is something that I want families out there to know is there's hope. There's always something that you can do to make yourself better make an opportunity better.
2: And it's just to do it and find ways to do it. Well, and that's one of the reasons why I want to talk to you this morning. I want to talk about your business, Betty's Pies and Cobblers. One, because I just like to highlight individuals in our Kansas City area. That's part of what this show is about, is just Mm -hmm. talking about people in Kansas City. And I know that you have this business for several reasons, but part of it is that you also want to give other individuals like Corinne an opportunity to have something to be proud of, right?
0: Correct. So of course, my name is Jennifer, but Betty comes from my mother. When I was growing up, my mom is from Kentucky. And so most people know that when you come from the South, butter, lard, fat, is all goodness. And so I learned to bake at a very young age, actually around six, six years old standing on a chair next to the stove, stirring the chocolate cream for the chocolate cream pies. So just the love and home fresh ingredients that my mom put into baking to give to others and create that love and comfort. I wanted to carry that over whenever I created this business. My mom passed away in 2015, suddenly from ovarian cancer. So I wanted to honor my mother. Years ago, I actually wanted to open up a bake shop and my mom was like, I don't want to stand all day. And now I know why she (laughs) said that because you seriously are standing all day. But I have a degree in hospitality, management. Management from Johnson County Community College. I've been in the restaurant, hotel industry, hospitality industry for years. So I know what it takes to run a restaurant, the joy and the heartache. And, you know, with this year with COVID, oh my, but that's another story. But you learn how you have to adapt to ways. And so when I created Betty's Pies and Cobblers, there was basically a trifold. One, I wanted to honor my mother. Two, I wanted to have a business in Gardner, my hometown, where my mom you know, has been was for 47 years, and also to create opportunities for jobs for individuals with, liber- with disabilities. And so my goal was to have 80% of staff all have a disability of some sort. That way, each individual could do something. When you're in that environment, anybody can do anything. And I wanted to make it adaptable where if we had someone that needed to sit down to do something, that they would be able to sit down, um, have the tables move for them, have adaptable equipment. So that was a huge goal. Well, I had health issues with my back, so I had to put that on the back burner for having a storefront. So I then changed it where I could work out of a commercial kitchen and that has been working but we've also then been doing shows in different locations. So at that point in time, I have several of our friends here in Gardner and Edgerton come and I contract with them to, to work. So they get paid to be at the shows, to help sell the items, to talk about the items, and just be out there so they themselves can feel pride in what they're doing. And you know what? We have never had anybody, if there's a line, no one has ever said, can we hurry up? You know, sometimes you have that when you're at a place where you're selling things, nobody ever, everybody's extremely patient, and it's been wonderful. It's fun, Um, it's exciting. It's also fun because I get to partner with a lot of local other businesses to create as much local and showcase those entities. We like that, we love supporting local here. Yes, yes. You know, I'm hoping after this year I will be able to have a brick and mortar, but if I don't, there's always ways to look at that. I mean, the food trucks are super hot and you can create something so fun with that and you can go places. This doesn't mean I cannot have that dream to have individuals with disabilities working because they can in different ways. And so Corinne herself, I have her, I'm like, Corinne, I need you to do data input on, you know, on this or create a spreadsheet for me on this. And she gets paid, I have to pay her. <laughs> so but that's important. And then I have her do my thank you cards. So she has a particular thing that she has to do to make my thank you cards. They have to have some kind of pie or something. She draws them all and I pay her to do that. So it's a thing to look at what we are doing in our community to help support each other.
2: I love it. And you've always, done. you've the- always looked out for the community though. Ever since I first met you, when your kids were young and growing up, you've always yep. been an advocate for uh, autism awareness and just making sure that the kiddos have everything they need. I want to talk about you, though, because we always talk about other people. Oh. Tell me about you. What, what, um, Like, what is your favorite pie or cobbler that you like to make? What is the most special or what was your, your mom's favorite that you love to make? I love chess pie,
0: C-H-E-S-S, chess pie. And yes, that is a southern pie kind of concept that is kind of overflown out this way. It is so simple. It's eggs, butter lots of butter, sugar, vinegar, cornmeal, and a little bit of vanilla or flavoring if you want to put in there. But what happens whenever it bakes, the cornmeal rises to the top and makes this crust. And it's just a thin layer, just enough to be just a little crunchy if you want it. And the filling is, is kind of the consistency of, of a pecan pie, that kind of gooiness. Okay. But it's just simple. It's very simple and it's it's something that you look at the history of some of these pies where they come from and you a lot of People didn't have money, so they just threw in you know what they could have. And one of the big things that have been extremely popular, and you find out these things by mistake, is I call them pie holes. (laughs) And (laughs) I love the I love the shut your pie hole kind of thing. I love that, so that's why I call them pie holes because I use different types of crust. And you would not believe the things you can make out of crust. So I do, of course, the flour, the butter, a little bit of sugar, a little bit of salt, and white cheddar cheese this is kind of a hone in on my brothers because mom always made biscuits and gravy for my brothers and it was the old-fashioned way of making gravy and so that's the thing I've carried on so I thought well hey let's try to make a thick gravy and put it in this crust to see what it turns out and it is so delicious that is the probably one of the most popular savory items that I get
2: the gravy Um, is cooked into the crust so, I make the gravy and
0: then the gravy chills, and people kind of freak out. It's a kind of a coagulated kind of concept when it chills. It's kind of gravy. Well, my dad used to eat gravy sandwiches, so he would eat the cold gravy. So, I know everybody out there is going, ew, but that's just a southern thing. And, yeah. so, and then, if, then you take your crust and you make the shells, and then you fill it with the gravy, and then I freeze it to get it nice and cold and hard and then you bake it and it just is so wonderful wow. and the crust is very flaky yes so
2: and is that um when you i learn love from wh- your mom or are you
0: just kind of created no that? i just i did it myself it's just being creative too because so many people have different tastes and you know what's fun is when you get someone call you and they're like i have not had this pie in a long time could you make that for me or Could you make this for my grandfather or my grandmother? I have a customer that every month I take little mini pies, just different flavors to them or cobblers to one of the nursing homes in Overland Park. The daughter lives in California and she wants to surprise her dad every month with different little goodies. I love that because that is exactly what my mom would do sorry, she would make pies and just take them to people to make them happy and have a great day. And during the winter time, we would have, it's funny, these men that would come and plow the driveway just so they could get mom's apple pie, pie. Or, or cherry pie. I'll plow the yard, I'll plow it, I'll plow it. So,
2: you know, and my dad was like, I don't care. I don't have to do the work, you know? So I think that's sweet because what you're doing is you're honoring your mom. You're keeping a tradition alive that was very special for the two of you. You're really trying to help individuals in our community by giving them opportunities. And, um, you know, it's obvious that this is kind of your love language. It's really more, right. You're. it's not just about baking someone a pie as a service. It's about bringing joy to somebody, taking it to nursing right. homes or helping someone who can't be with their family member.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. So I always wanted to have my own bakery, but it Took till I was 50 to do it. <laughs> so that you never give
2: up on your dreams. Yeah. You know, dreams don't so, happen overnight. You know, they uh, happen in God's yes. time. You just got to wait. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Well, if so, someone it, wants a, um, something from Betty's Pies and Cobblers, then, or maybe um, if someone is looking for an opportunity to work with you, okay. what is the best way to get uh, a hold of you? They can go to my website. It's all spelled out Betty's
0: Pies and Cobblers.com. And then I have a Facebook. And then the and is the little ampersand sign for the Facebook page. But one of the other things that we've been doing over the years is having an event called Cobblers for a Cause. And this started way back in 2000 when we would have the Johnson County Parade and we were fundraising for an autism organization. And my mom just often goes, well, why don't we serve cobbler and ice cream while everybody's sitting in our yard watching the parade? I'm like, okay. <laughs> so mom would bake all these cobblers and we set up a kit and we just started $5 cobbler and ice cream. And it just exploded. And it was a family Then Everybody from the family would work. And then all of a sudden friends were coming to help And so the funds from that event go to, we created a scholarship fund whenever Corinne graduated from high school here in Gardner called the Corinne and Cameron Yes I Can Scholarship Fund. So Corinne's younger brother. Karen's younger brother Cameron also has autism. They're seventeen months apart. Different levels of the spectrum. Cameron works at Walgreens and yay, so both the kids have jobs and paying those taxes and are registered voters and voted, thank goodness. So <laughs> I put exciting. that in there a little bit. But <laughs> so we created this scholarship for our area. So the students with developmental disabilities could apply in their own way for a scholarship. And we make it very creative that they can do it um, their way. So we're having an event November 15th. It's a Sunday from 1 to 3 until we sell out at a new facility here in Gardner. Well, I shouldn't say it's new. It's an old facility, the the old Catholic Church and and the community center that they had, which my friend and a dear friend of my mother's, Connie Wright, purchased and has redone the whole thing and it's called Warren Place Events. And we're having our first event there on the 15th and it's going to be the Cobblers for a Cause. All the funds are going to go to our scholarship fund, the Yes I Can Scholarship Fund. Because of COVID, we're kind of changing it a little bit. Usually you could come in and sit down and eat. Everything is going to be to go. One of the other things I want to say too is because I had food sensitivities growing up, allergic to everything under the sun, and I totally respect families, individuals that have these issues. so I really try as well to create something that's gluten free or vegan. That's one of the things I'm very conscious of other people's food sensitivities. That's important to me as well.
2: Betty's pies and or you can mm-hmm. find Betty's pies and Cobblers on Facebook, right? Mm-hmm. Jennifer, I hope that you have a wonderful holiday. Tell your kiddos I said hi and uh, it was great talking to you. back at you sister.